0: Have you ever wondered if you could make a difference? This podcast brings you inspirational people who are making a tremendous difference. We will also be talking to experts in the field of creating the mindset you need so that nothing holds you back from making your vision a reality right now. Welcome to the Game Changers podcast. And now here's your host, Michelle Dutro.
1: Okay, well, welcome to this episode of the Game Changer podcast Today, I am especially excited to be spending some time with somebody who I consider an incredible game changer for many, many reasons. Today's guest is Wes Chapman, who does not like to go by Wesley unless he's in trouble. I just found out, so uh, Wes it is. Um, And a little bit of a background uh, as to who Wes is and what he is showing up uh, in this lifetime with and why I'm so honored to have him on today's show Uh, For those of you who may not know who he is, he's the co-founder of A Human Project, which can be found at ahumanproject.com. He is also the co-host of the Human Project podcast, an upcoming book, and we'll have to see how uh, far along that is, called Rent, The Story of a Fearless Child, which I can tell you from everything I've heard, that's exactly who he is. Um, as well as he has a website, WesleyDChapman.com, or you can just Google his name. It will come up that way as well. And I really encourage you to do so because there is an absolute ton of free information that is so incredibly valuable, whether you are a kid struggling through some hard times, an adult that is, or an adult that's uh, trying to help out a kid who's really struggling, any and all of the above. This website, I cannot more highly encourage you to go to for the information that's out there, the videos, the programs that, like I said, he offers completely for free. Um, Further, his overall goal, uh, I believe, is to empower about 25 million youth, which is an amazing game-changing goal, but one that I have no doubt he is going to reach. Normally, this is when I turn it over and say, what is it that uh, I haven't mentioned that we should know? But I'm actually going to ask the question here of something that I would like to know that's on your uh, human project website uh, that lists your nickname as Iron Man. And I'm curious as to why that is.
0: Oh, that's, that's a good lead in. So thank you for that intro. Um, the Iron Man nickname is actually, I'm a huge uh, superhero fan. I love comics. I love Marvel. I love DC. I love the whole thing. And um, I've actually got a couple different ones. One is Spider-Man just because I do a lot of different athletic things and can pretty much get to most places that most people don't want to get to. Um, and I do it uh, like rock climbing and tree climbing and stuff like that. And I kind of do it stupidly without any Safety nets or anything. but um Iron Man really is kind of a mantra with me of how I lived a lot of my life, which is underneath the facade of and the illusion of um, kind of putting on suits and going through life with different masks to try to hide some of the things that I had gone through as a child. So it was a nickname that stuck. and you know, of course, iron man is is a pretty cool character in the comic book world. and and I like it. He's kind of abrasive and kind of tells you how it is, and doesn't really uh, ask for you know forgiveness or apologies, I guess. And some of the things that he says that are bold, and it's, it's a little bit like who I am. So
1: got it. And from everything I've heard, I could not, I could not agree more. So it's a definitely an appropriate nickname, I would say. Now, when we start out, there's a, a normal series of questions that I ask folks, but you're a bit unique, so I want to start off a, in a in a different way, if you will. And I think it's going to set us up uh, pretty well for your background and your history, which is, I think, the the catalyst to why you're doing everything you're doing right now. And how I mean that is, typically, this podcast is focused on people who are game changers in some way, doing something uh, to create positive change in the world, and thus, they are a game changer. And the intent is to inspire others to do the same. However... I think to get to the point of being able to be a game changer, sometimes we have to look within and change our own game, whether that's our mindset, our beliefs, or our story. And for those folks that don't know, um, you had a pretty difficult childhood. Uh, again, I encourage you to go to the website because uh, he's very honest and bold and honest and truthful with everything about uh, Wes's past. Um But there was a time when you were 16 and literally on your deathbed and had to make a decision and you had to change your own game. I I mean, for, uh, I don't know of a better way to put it. And it was a day that you just decided enough was enough in a lot of ways. And if you could take us back to that day when you said, that's it. I got, I've got to change my own internal game here. If anything externally is ever going to change. What was that moment like for you?
0: Uh, it was incredibly difficult. It was incredibly surreal. It was almost out-of-body uh, type of an experience. I mean, there's really no word in you know human language to describe. It wasn't a single, singular emotion. And let me give a little backstory. I won't go into my, my backstory immensely, but just to put into context, I was abandoned when I was one by my biological father, and then I was abandoned by my uh, biological mother when I was six, six and a half years old. And I endured every form of abuse that you can ever think of. Uh, I was physically abused and tortured, sexually abused and tortured, there's a reason I use the word tortured. It wasn't. It sounds odd to say it, but it wasn't your stereotypical uh, forms of physical or sexual abuse. Uh, my brother and I were in a sec. In, in as far as being sexually tortured, we were uh, put into. I'll give you one example. We were put into the center of a circle surrounded by my stepfather and some of his uh, brothers and friends. And uh, obviously, we were not clothed. And they would try to find ways to arouse us, whether it was getting us drunk or having us look at pornography or whatever it was. And then there was the stereotypical molestation that happened as well. The physical torture was everything from being locked into a doghouse and forced to eat dog food, not allowed to come into the home, um, being you know abused, hung upside down, beaten, all kinds of different things. And that endured until, uh, in different ways and different forms. I also had a stepfather who was uh, very emotionally and verbally abusive. Um, got a little physical, but not anything that I was not anything like when I was younger. But in my adolescence, he was very verbally and emotionally abusive. So, went through a lot of different abuse, and because of that, I acted out, and I didn't really start telling my story to counselors or to anyone until my late teens. And so I was just really this angry child that nobody could figure out. They just kind of said, oh, he's got all these problems. And I was labeled with everything you can imagine. Post-traumatic stress disorder. At one point, I was bipolar. No, then I was manic. No, then I was, you know, I mean, it was just always something. ADD, ADHD. They were just basically, I was a guinea pig to science, and they were trying to figure things out. And as you mentioned, uh, when I was 16, my entire life changed up to that point. Um, I had tried to commit suicide 12 times. I'd been admitted into all kinds of different um, hospitals, both uh, for physical conditions and then psychological conditions. I was taking roughly about 25 different medications every single day just to stay stabilized. And a lot of the meds I was taking was to offset any of the you know, side effects that another medication was giving me. And then I was taking supplements to offset the nutritional problems, the medications were giving me. So I was just on a real cocktail of of medicine. And so now you have kind of some context as to this 16 year old uh, story that you're talking about. What happened was, is my liver failed. My body basically said, enough is enough. Uh, The physical torture, the emotional torture, the pain, the the medications, the guinea pigs, the guinea pig stuff, all of that kind of came to just my body's saying, "I'm done. like it just I can't keep going in this pattern in this direction and and I had really become um not dependent on but hopeful that medicine and doctors and and all of that was going to be a solution. Um, now again, nothing against them, but they weren't they weren't targeting the real problem, so they could never solve you know anything because they were just kind of throwing stuff out there. And so in this moment of being 16 years old and being in the hospital, being incredibly sick, I had doctors who I'd put faith in. And at this point, you know, that faith had been completely uh, eradicated because I didn't believe in them. I didn't believe in what they were telling me because nothing was getting better. It was only getting worse. And so now I was sick. And um, they came and told me I had an 80% chance of dying and a 20% chance of living. And that was kind of the moment that this in, this struggle, this conflict of, they're the doctors, they're supposed to help me, but they're not, so now I'm creating this anger for them. They kind of they said the exact right thing that needed to be said, which was, you're gonna die. And so for me, that was translated to, well, you've been wrong about everything else, so now you're definitely wrong about this, I'm not gonna die, and in fact, I'm gonna live a life that you've said I'll never be able to live. At seven and a half, I was told that I would never amount to anything. I wouldn't be an asset to society. I might as well be locked up until I was 21, and then hopefully I wouldn't go out and kill somebody or rape girls, or, you know, I, I was given a very dark and gloomy uh, outlook on life at the age of seven and a half. In fact, I was told that um, I had a failure to thrive. I would never be able to thrive in society. Those are the exact medical terms used uh, for me in, in my psychological evaluation. And so I just took all of that and this kind of brazen personality that I have. And basically, you know, I don't know if I can swear on your program, but I basically just said, you know, I just said, this is not the life that I'm going to um, concede to. I'm not going, this is not my reality. This is the reality that you've given to me based on things you don't even know about me. So that's it. I'm done. And in that moment, that day, I went home. I was blessed to be with a woman who uh, uh, she's my mom and she's my hero. I call her mom, she's not my biological mom, excuse me. Um, And uh, she was into some natural medicines and some different things like that. And I basically said, what are my alternatives? And she said, the only chance you've got to to fix this is you've got to cleanse your body. And there's very few ways to cleanse your body in a, a speedy enough time to kind of restart your liver. And one of them is basically just flushing your entire digestive system out through colonics and then doing, uh, juice and liquid cleanse diets. And, you know, you can do some blood transfusion, stuff like that, but that's, that's kind of crazy stuff. And actually Mexico was the only, uh, country that would even allow that, uh, that strategy. So that was kind of out the window, but colonics and juice cleanses and all that stuff were not. So at 16 years old, I went and got my first colonic and, uh, cleaned out my entire digestive system, uh, Cold turkey, didn't take another pill uh, that day, which <laughs> was, was very, very painful. Um, I spent three days in the fetal position because of going through withdrawals from medications that were as potent as heroin or cocaine or speed or crack or anything else that you can think of that's illegal Uh, Most of those drugs are just one chemical compound away from being an antidepressant or a a mental illness drug anyway. So um, I went through horrible withdrawals. I went through amazing amounts of pain. I went through a clarity experience in my mind that uh, there's no words for. And what came out on the other end was a complete understanding of who I could become and what I was going to become and where I was going to take my life. And from that day on, I, I started moving forward.
1: So you bring up a lot of uh, key points here that in and of themselves could be their own show, but a couple of them I want to dive into a little deeper. And I believe wholeheartedly in everything that you're saying that whenever we need to make a change, certainly as it relates to our health, you have to start with removing everything that's inside that doesn't belong right before we add the good we got to remove everything that's bad
0: yeah you got to take out the garbage i mean you try to you try to yeah. clean your house and you leave the garbage in it your house still stinks
1: it, it's one of the principles of feng shui right you first got to start with removing yeah. all the clutter stuff exactly. that doesn't belong so i'm curious on that point because how our body is as our mind if there was one thing that you would say going back to that time that you knew you had to rid your mind or your psyche of that also didn't belong? That was the culmination of everything that you had been told or had been led to believe up until that point. What was the one mindset that you knew absolutely this has got to go in order for me to move on in a positive direction?
0: Victimization. I could no longer be a victim. Um, I could no longer tell my story in a way of victimization and a poor me and you know this is my life and my dad's not here and and these are all real emotions and I'm not belittling them Um, but I am belittling them because there's nothing I can do about it. You know, it's uh, I have a, a, a quote that I use in some of my programs that what happened yesterday is in the past and if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it's today. And it's, it's a very kind of sobering conversation to have with somebody. And and I have a whole, like you mentioned, I have an entire, it's about a six-hour program if you're going through something. And even if you haven't been through like something tor- horrific in your life and you just want to up your game, it's superhuman.life. It's completely free. It's not .com. It's superhuman.life. It's a completely free program. And uh, it, it, it will wreck you in some ways. Um, I'm a little bold in some of the statements and I get some Kind of crazy emails, but uh, I also get a, lo- a lot of amazing stories of people going through and and being able to kind of cleanse this. But the first thing you have to do is you, the victim card gets you nowhere except in the past. And we live in a very victim victim based society. I mean, the first thing, as you mentioned, you know, in the beginning of this interview, to be a game changer, you have to change the game inside of you but the thing that people forget is the game never ends, right? Like until you end, AKA death, uh, people look at, people look at life in sectors of battles and that's a huge mistake because you're, it's, I don't want to use the word war, but in this analogy, we're, we're all at war in some level and please don't take it as like a malicious attacking kind of thing. But I'm just saying that on a strategic level, if an army went into, you know, went into a battle just thinking of that battle, they would never win the war. And if you look at Hitler or the Japanese or Genghis Kong or the Romans, just go through it. They were constantly staring at the battle, not the war. Great leaders look at the entire war. And as a life, you need to look at your life as a war. And you're going to win some battles and you're going to lose some battles. So you have to constantly be nurturing yourself and you have to constantly be building yourself for the next, you know, the next position. I always hear stories from entrepreneurs or people who grow and, you know, we didn't really get into my story of being an entrepreneur, but I was a very successful entrepreneur. And uh, I kept hearing this entrepreneurs get on stage and they would say things like, you know, oh, I failed so many times. And it wasn't probably till about two years ago that I stepped back and I said, what is failure? Like, what is it? And no one can really define it except for telling you stories of things that happened that didn't go as planned. And I'm like, that's not failure. Because the only definition of failure that could exist in the human, in the English language, is you're refusing to try again. And so, so many people try to be game changers, try to change their lives, and they go out on a Tuesday and they have a really good Tuesday, and then they wake up Wednesday and everything falls apart, and all of a sudden they feel like, oh, this isn't worth it and it's not working and it's not being, it's not helping and it's not, I'm not changing and things aren't happening the way that I want to. And they forget that there's a Thursday and they forget that Wednesday shouldn't affect Thursday any more than Tuesday affected Wednesday. And I know this is like, you know, I'm jumping all over the place, but really what people have to get rid of is that victim mentality. Cause that's what a victim mentality is, is that you get to what you get to Tuesday and it's awesome and everything's great. You go to Wednesday and it falls apart. And then on Thursday, most people will play victim to Wednesday yet on Wednesday, they weren't playing he You know, they weren't playing excited and, and a hero stance to what happened on Tuesday. It just blows my mind, but we're trained as human beings from the, from little, little tiny babies that, the victim concept is what gets attention. And that's really what every human being needs is attention. We don't want attention, that, that's, a, that's a myth. Human beings need attention. And when we don't get attention, that's when we start acting out, we start doing stupid things, that's when girls, you know, maybe wear inappropriate clothes, that's where guys start acting like douchebags, that's where stuff starts happening and it becomes just this, this perpetual cycle because the person's not getting the attention. Well, you can do that to yourself If you give attention to your Tuesday, which was, you know, a mess and it fell apart, you're now in a victim mentality. What happened about giving, or excuse me, to your Wednesday, if you give attention to your Tuesday, then you're staying in that, what I call hero mentality. And you're just building from that and accepting that there are going to be some days that don't work. That battle didn't quite go the way you planned, but you're, you're playing a war. You're, you're looking to win the war, not just to win, you know, little battles here and there. So anyway, that, that's just a long explanation, but hopefully that made some kind of sense. Maybe not. No,
1: it, it totally did. And and in fact, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I find it fascinating, too, the things that we go through life and label, you know, a failure, a success, when in reality, all it is is information, right? You threw something out there. <laughs> you got some form of feedback, and now it's, what are you going to do with that feedback? Whether you want to label it good or bad, that's all it is, is information and saying, okay, so wow, if this didn't go the way I had intended, what are you going to do with that feedback or information differently tomorrow? I, exactly. I could not possibly be more aligned with you. So uh, yeah, big fan of all of your work and everything that you're saying. Along these lines, one of the things that you mentioned was staying positive and and having that focus that, you know, the, the big picture focus, if you will. One of those things that can be quite helpful in that arena is having someone around that would be considered a game changer for you or a mentor, right? Somebody that can help turn the tide for you and maybe see things in a different light for you and your journey. Um, and it sounds like your stepmother along the way who uh, really helped in alternative health and, and educated you in a different light um could potentially have been one of them but who would you consider in the journey of life has been a has been a tremendous game changer for you that has helped you get where you're at right now
0: you know i love that question and and we're talking a lot about mentors now in society and especially inside of en- entrepreneurs because really what a mentor what a mentor is sold to be is a shortcut right a, a mentor is is sold to be a shortcut meaning that if you find somebody who's in who's doing something that you want to do and you start emulating what they're doing that that will somehow get you to success faster that's how it's sold that's how it's marketed it's totally fictitious and it drives me nuts because a mentor's job is actually not to coddle you and to make you feel like you're doing everything you know perfect and it's great a mentor's job is to is to push you, is to motivate you. It's to take you to a level that you didn't think that you could get to. and and we all have that. Like we all believe we have limitations. And that's a false that's a falsity as well. We don't have limitations except for those that we impose on ourselves. And there's a gazillion different you know proofs of that out there in the world. But the mentor conversation, again, still falls in on a subconscious level of this this concept that, you must have something outside of yourself. You must be, you know, somehow steroid. You know, you must add a steroid in order to have success. And what mentors really need to be is they need to be examples to you as to how to maybe do certain things. And having mentors should not just be like a a one-to-one, meaning like, Like, so for example, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's, he's an amazing human being. He's an amazing businessman. He's great at social media. He's, you know, so many different things. And I, I, you could classify him as a mentor of mine, but I look at him as somebody that I am saying, okay, if he can work, I don't know, let's just, cause Gary's a hustle guy, right? If he works 18 hours, I'm going to work 18 and a half hours. And then I'm going to let him know that I worked an extra half hour. And this is just me personally. You don't everyone doesn't have to take this. What that does is it's it's like when you go to the gym or if you're working out with a friend or if you're doing something in sports, you're constantly trying to just push yourself harder and harder and harder so that you reduce the limitations that you see in your life and that you see in yourself. And so a true mentor can be anybody. I mean, it can literally be you don't have to have like a physical connection or a physical relationship with that person. I have mentors that are all over the world that I look at and say, wow, I like what they're doing. Yes, I'm going to emulate some of the things that they're doing because I like their style or like what, you know, maybe how they put something together. But what I really like is the fact that I can use that as a measuring stick as to where, how I can push myself further, how I can get myself to that level, how I, you know, what do I need to do? And there's no real shortcut in that because what worked for Gary Vaynerchuk does not necessarily work for Wes Chapman. Um, You know, so, but there are elements that I can can kind of steal from that and figure out how can I grow? How can I improve? How can I, you know, take myself to the next level? What happens is, is that we get dependent on those people. And then when that person's not there to say, Hey Wes, you know, you're doing an awesome job and your life is, you know, you for everything you've been through, it's really cool what you're doing. When we get dependent on that, and then that person doesn't do that, then we start messing with the subconscious. Then we start messing with you know some really w- w- weird things that happen in the human brain where we start to become self-defeated. We start to become into this situation where because that person didn't give us the attention that we wanted and we placed them in this quote-unquote mentor position, now all of a sudden they didn't do what we wanted them to do. So now we feel defeated and whatever successes or, or beautiful thing that we had done is now eradicated. We don't even pay attention to that because we didn't get the attention from that person. So I love mentors. I think they're awesome, but realize the power in a mentor is for you to observe them, not necessarily for them to observe you. That makes any sense?
1: No, it totally does. And, and further uh, helping this uh, beautifully because you're walking right into my next question and it wasn't even necessarily tied to this, but it's kind of heading that way. So I'm going to keep this going. If that did happen and for whatever reason, you're not getting that the accolades or the positive feedback or the motivation that you needed. And here comes self-doubt. My initial question was, what do you do when self-doubt creeps in or naysayers start to chirp in your ears and you start second guessing what you're doing or where you're headed. and we all have that. we all have self-doubt that that creeps in from time to time, whatever that catalyst may be. What is it that you do if you start to feel that self-doubt uh, kind of messing with you a little bit to put it back in check to remind yourself you know what you're doing, you know where you're headed, you know where you're going and to stay focused
0: so So here's the question I want everyone to think of because I love that question is what do you do when you get cancer right you You're basically you're basically asking, what do you do when you get cancer in your brain? And I'm not talking about brain cancer. Again, an analogy, you're talking about something that can be completely disruptive, that completely destroy you. So what do you do when you get cancer? I mean, in today's society, what do we do? Well, there's chemo treatment, there's pills, there's alternative, there's all these things. You start to live in a world of reaction, which is a world of fear, which is also a world of out of control, which is also putting you in a powerless position. And all of a sudden, you're living in a concept of maybe tomorrow will come, maybe something will change. And there's been tons of studies done on preventative health medicine and you know how to prevent these things and what stress does to you and your health and all these things. There's also been a ton of studies done that when you get into a situation where you have cancer, mentally, what you have to do and how you have to prepare for it. There's been individuals who have had cancer for 10 or 15 years in their body, whether it's colon cancer or you know, maybe something not as serious as, as some of the other, you know, uh, crazy cancers. But, and then as soon as they're told they have cancer, they're dead in six months. And, and I don't mean that with any disrespect or, you know, if you've gone through that, I, I know how horrible it is. I've had family members pass away from cancer. I've worked with cancer patients. The, the mind is so freaking powerful. So to answer your question, it's all about preparation. And when you, if you're in a position right now where you are self-defeated and you are completely drained and you don't feel like tomorrow you can you know, keep going with what you're doing, then my suggestion to you is you're not doing something big enough that motivates you to keep going. And so what you have to do is create a goal, create a strategy, create something out into the universe, and this isn't woo-woo talk. This is actually to get your brain and to get you into a great position mentally. That seems so unfathomable that it's it becomes this. There is no like barometer of success, and and let me give you an example. So you enter you. When is the show going to go live? Like in a week or a couple of days about or whatever? a month?
1: I'd say a month. Oh, from now. perfect. Okay, so
0: this is great. So right now we're in September and this is national anti-suicide prevention. It's, you know, suicide awareness month or whatever they're, you know, it's called different things. So two years ago, when I started a human project, I started telling people that I was going to impact 25 million lives. I had no effing idea how I was going to impact 25 million. And I'm not talking about 25 million people hearing my voice and, you know, somehow it, it changes their life. That's already happened. I've, I've been interviewed and That part. I'm talking about me personally impacting 25 million lives, which means I need to meet 25 million people. I need to have a a relationship with 25 million people. That's what it means to me. That seems unfathomable to so many people. It's every time I say that, we used to have that on the website. It terrified people because it wasn't, they just couldn't see it. In the first year of a human project, we started to look at that number and say, oh. Well, we're we're gonna kill that number. Like if we do this for the next five or six years and you know, we're gonna we're gonna impact fifty million lives. This isn't a big enough goal. It's not big enough. And I started going through this really weird thing where even though we were changing lives and kids weren't committing suicide and adults were coming out on the other side of, you know, 20 years of pain within 48 hours of being able to release it and, and actually start living their lives. All these amazing stories. I started going to bed thinking like, what did I do today? I didn't do anything today. This is ridiculous. And so I had to take my own medicine and I stopped and I said, my goal is not big enough. What I'm trying to accomplish is not big enough for me. I I can see these benchmarks, right? I can see these things. And so now I'm saying to myself, well, you're not doing enough. And, and this is for me and maybe different for everybody, but I coach clients and things like this to, to rethink, you know, the impossible. And when you look at the world, Martin Luther King, um, Jesus Christ, whether you believe in God or not, the story of what he was attempting, um, Elon Musk now in today's modern society, uh, Richard Branson, you look at these guys and you hear them speak, and you hear what they're saying they're going to do. Like, you know, here you've got Elon Musk who says that he's going to build a colony on Mars. Like, it just seems so unfathomable. He's so crazy. And then you watch all these things happen and he's maybe, you know, his Tesla car isn't working as well as everyone thinks. His house battery isn't, you know, it blew up and blew up a house. I mean, I don't know, whatever. But you still see him push forward and you still see him like carrying on. It's because his mission, his actual goal is so ridiculously you know, unfathomable that the brain just keeps going. It just is like, well, Hey, the, yeah, that's part of the journey. We're learning. I mean, that wasn't our goal anyway, to build a battery. Our goal is to get over here to Mars. So let's just keep going. And then, and I guarantee you, as long as Elon Musk is alive and has all the things going, he'll hit that goal, just like Martin Luther King did, just like, you know, we could go down the list. So I changed our goal because impacting 25 million lives. That's, you know, that's weak sauce. That's, that's not even something that's going to be difficult. So uh, just two weeks, three, two, three weeks ago, now after this is launched, I released a video where I am committing to eradicating mental illness from the planet by 2025. That, I have no effing idea how I'm going to do it. This is the first podcast I've ever announced that on. I have no idea how I'm going to do it. I have no idea what it means. I have no idea what all the steps are going to be, except I know it's possible. Science has already proven it's going to happen. I know that every day, if I wake up with that on my mind, there's no way that I can fail because there's absolutely no way to, there's no, there's no barometer of success, if that makes any sense. So now I'm into this position where every day that I just keep focusing on that and moving forward makes it so that I'm not sitting here with this cancer on my brain that I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not all these different things. So my point is, is that we look at situations and we want a fix for the problem, but we're not looking at the root of the problem. The root of the problem in this question is you are not challenging yourself enough. You're not pushing yourself hard enough. So if you feel like, oh, this is just so not working and it's not being as successful as I thought it would be, or this isn't this, or I feel depressed, or I don't want to keep going, you've basically just haven't set the bar high enough and your brain is bored. You know, you're just in a bored state where it's like, yeah, I mean, we could do this, but it's not working the way we wanted. so let's go over here and do this. If you really want to cure this problem, if you really want to solve this, create a bar that's so high that there is no logical explanation of how you're going to do it. There's, there's zero. Now, just to give a little background into my goal, I, I set this goal mentally about six weeks ago and then the universe answered and I was able to sit in a meeting with an individual who has direct con- uh, contact and uh, with Kaiser Medical, which is one of the largest medical groups in the world. And I don't know if this is gonna happen or not, but he asked me, he said, what is your ultimate goal? And I said, to eradicate mental illness. And he said, I just met with, an XYZ person at Kaiser Medical, and they want to eradicate mental illness, but they don't know anybody that's really pushing that agenda, I can make an introduction to you and you can have a conversation with one of the world's largest medical groups on the planet. And I said, let's make it happen. So in a couple of weeks, that's going to happen. I have no idea what's going to happen in that meeting. I have no idea. But by putting that out there, I attracted that, I brought it in, I had that conversation, and it's a legit deal. I mean, this this isn't just, you know, this isn't like some employee of a company. This is a, a multi gazillionaire. I think he's almost worth a billion dollars telling me that he's gonna make this connection with me and we're gonna have this conversation, which has already led to you know some different companies and some different people like Elon Musk and XPRIZE and some things like that, that we have some connections with. We're taking something as as crazy as it sounds, as eliminating something that is so prevalent in today's society, so that it's not holding us back any further is absolutely amazing. And so that's my solution is solve, you know, is is to position your yourself in something that so seems so unobtainable that there is no definition of success, nor there's any definition of failure. There's only definition of doing. And so now you're just like, oh, well, today I didn't, you know, maybe do this or that, but hey, I did this and now I'm moving forward and my ultimate goal is here. So I just got to keep pushing myself forward. Then the only thing you got to really work on is just pushing yourself forward and continuing to move yourself in a forward trajectory rather than either in a backwards or stagnant trajectory.
1: So because I believe everything happens for a reason and there are no accidents I know for a fact that there is someone, if not several someones out there listening right now to this, who are so fired up for what you're saying and want to be on board and want to support your efforts. If that is the case, what is the best way for them to reach out to you to say, I'm on board, here's what I know, or here's who I know, and I'm here to help how should they get a hold of you to uh, to support this very very worthy cause?
0: Um, email you can email me. I, I try to do my best to reply to everyone in email. Um, but uh, you can go to our website humanproject.com. We have a, a fun way that you can get a part of uh, the the movement, uh, which is basically wearing a t shirt. We have a whole very we have a cool story and a cool way of using t shirts to actually be conversation starters. Some people use tattoos and bracelets and things like that, but you know, I want to I want to cover more real estate of a human body than a tattoo or a, a bracelet. So we said, yeah, sure, let's do that. So I would make you wear pants too, if I could, but um, basically turn you into a full body uh, billboard. But um, it's a conversation starter. You, uh, we have a monthly T-shirt program. Basically, you pay thirty dollars a month, and you get a very high quality T-shirt. I'm big into quality, and uh, I mean, this is a shirt that I guarantee you you're, you'd pay fifty or sixty bucks at Nordstrom's for. Um, you, uh, you get the shirt and, um, it's got a message on it we have thousands of stories of people who wear the shirts and then somebody will say, Hey, where'd you get that? Or what's that about? And then they start a conversation and then they say, Hey, well, it's this company that's doing this for kids. And, and you know, they're trying to eradicate mental illness. And so I'm, I'm pledging my support. It's pretty amazing. And then they'll, that other person will say, Oh my gosh, my cousin, uh, her, her daughter just tried to commit suicide or, uh, you know, we had one story of a neighbor, 35 years, I think it was something ridiculous. They'd lived in this neighborhood and um, their uh, neighbor was hiding. I guess it was 15 years, not 35. Excuse me. Their neighbor was hiding the fact that their daughter had tried to commit suicide two or three years earlier. They were hiding it from the neighborhood, the church, the school, because there was shame, right? There was all this stuff and she was cutting and they were just trying to keep it very, very quiet. And the neighbor came home, did your stereotypical pull in the driveway. Other neighbors outside raking the leaves or whatever, and the conversation started. And then that little girl was able to get into our program because the conversation between the two neighbors became something that the one neighbor could finally break down and tell her struggle with you know being a mom of of a youth who was suicidal, but they didn't know why. And then we had the youth come into our program, and you know she's not suicidal anymore, and she's living an amazing life. So wearing a T-shirt can save a life. And, um, you can do that for as little as 30 bucks. But I mean, if you're fired up and you're like, man, I want to, I want to get involved then email me and let me know. Uh, and I'll just be really blunt with you. Uh, I am, I'm not a guy of talk. If you got a lot of talk and you're like, oh yeah, I got all these connections. I could do all these things. I, I just will tell you, just come to me with action. Uh, if you listen to any of my podcasts or any of my videos, I'm a big take action guy. Talk is cheap. Action is expensive. So, you know, I mean, take action. That's how we get results. And if you've got some action steps, then let's make it happen. And, and I'm all about it. Whether it's coming to your community um, and speaking, whether it's you know rallying up a church, whether it's uh, getting uh, a school, whatever it is, um, I'd love to do it. I'm I'm on the road probably 30 weeks out of the year speaking and, and touring and working with youth. And if this Kaiser Medical deal goes through, I'll be living in an RV for six months, traveling the United States. So. Uh, you know, the, there's just a lot. It's it's all about conversation and 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 not being afraid to make a statement that's bold. And and if this isn't your passion, and one thing you know that I want people to understand, if if this isn't something that does fire you up, find the thing that does fire you up. Make that bar so ridiculously high that you can get noticed. You know, you you don't get noticed by by small things. And you you get noticed by doing big things and you get really noticed by doing extraordinary things. And I'm not talking about, you know, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't all do little things for human beings on the planet and we shouldn't be good neighbors and, you know, good husbands and all that. But I'm talking about, we all get one life to live whether you believe in reincarnation or you believe in whatever, as far as the memory and the brain and everything, you get this life to live. Now, I believe that this is just, you know, a chapter in our existence. This isn't the only thing, you know, I'm not just going to be buried in the ground and then eaten by worms. But some people, you know, you maybe believe in reincarnation, whatever, but this is your one life. So why not play, as you say, the game? Why not play the game at such a high level that that it makes it entertaining it makes it fun it makes it challenging it makes it exciting which then creates more dopamine and serotonin which then makes your whole life better when you're living a ridiculously insane crazy existence of of trying to accomplish something grand i mean you know just just for the guys out there it makes your sex life amazing because you've got so you've got dopamine and serotonin and adrenaline you've got all this stuff happening your testosterone's going crazy you're a better person to be around you're healthier you're exciting for women you know, you're, you've got all the same different chemicals, but the same type of reactions happening and you're, you don't have as many problems with your weight. You don't have as many problems with, with uh, your sex drive yourself. You have all this thing. Your skin is better. Your hair grows faster. Your nails are thicker. I mean, all these things that we fight and fight and fight for in today's society to be great at can be a simple change and a simple solution by just trying to accomplish something so ridiculous to the rest of the world that it keeps your mind so fresh, so exciting, keeps your synapse firing, keeps your chemicals producing. It just drives you with such passion. So whatever it is, find that, identify it, and go out there and crush it.
1: Well, you've identified the entire show. So I'll tell you, I couldn't thank you enough. That's the whole point of uh, the Game Changer podcast is inspiring people to make a difference. And if the last 60 seconds to and do that for people, then uh, Then you and I need to find something else to do. So I <laughs> truly cannot thank you enough for your inspiration and passion uh, behind this. And I know that there's going to be a lot of people who are fired up to, to, to your point, take action, right? And the more massive action, the better. Uh, I couldn't possibly agree with you more. In closing, last two questions for you. Single best advice. For somebody who wants to be a game changer and truly make a difference.
0: Be honest with yourself. And I'm not talking about like, you know, I don't know, simple things. I'm talking about the things that you've been hiding for five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. You got to be honest with yourself. And I encourage you again, superhuman.life. It's completely free. I don't get anything out of it, except for, you know, knowing that people are changing. You'll get amazing things out of it. But I talk about the word honesty. And I've defined honesty as having a complete clarity of your core identity, really knowing who you are and, and a very deep level, like knowing who you are and accepting that. That's the other key to honesty is acceptance. You've got to accept who you are. I mean, there, everyone, you know, there's the podcast out there, The One You Feed. One of my great friends, Eric, runs that. And it's this conversation about, you know, the Indian talking to the little boy and saying, you know, hey, grandpa, which, you know, which wolf wins, the dark wolf or the light wolf? And the grandpa says, the one you feed. Yeah, I kind of disagree with that. And I was interviewed on his show and I said that. I disagree because we as human beings have light and dark, we have good and bad, we have positive and negative. It's, the way energy works. And so being honest about the things that are inside of you that may look to the world as you know not this shiny, positive, awesome thing you post on Instagram, and then figuring out once you're honest with that, now you can figure out how to use that, right? Like I know, just being very vulnerable and honest, I know that if I just let everything go and I let my dark side you know, take over, whatever you wanna call it, I would probably be a pretty aggressive uh, person. I really would be. Um, I'm, I'm incredibly passionate and all those things that people talk about, but a lot of that comes from just this kind of burning desire to, I don't know, it's just part of my core identity. I'm just a very aggressive type of personality. And when I was younger, that, you know, manifested itself into bullying. I would beat people up. I was both a bullier and a and, be, and I was extremely bullied. Um, I almost set a convenience store on fire. I did a lot of things to adults. I locked a school out of the entire school building. I did a lot of crazy stuff. And again, a lot of that was in pain, but also a lot of that was just kind of my core identity. Well, I had an honest conversation with myself about that part of me. And I said, That's who I am like that. That's just part of me. I have this incredible adrenaline um, that can do insane things that people don't understand physically. And I need to figure out what can I do with that. So I harnessed all of that energy and I turned it into something positive and something amazing that can help my mission grow, which is, you know, we've been in situations. In fact, just today, I got an email from a little girl. I'm not going to tell you anything about her because this is pretty serious got an email from a girl who's being sexually molested by her father. Uh, she sent us a pretty detailed email, it took us some time to get her to break down and tell us what's going on. We now know where she's located. Her father is a pretty prominent person in, in the community. It's going to be a little tricky, but that aggression and that, you know, whatever you want to call it, I'm like fired up to jump on my Harley and and uh, get some of my b- biker buddies and we're going to go have a conversation. And obviously we'll do it legally and we'll do it, you know, within the realms. But if I didn't, I probably wouldn't do it legally and I would just take care of the guy and she'd never be abused again. But knowing that that's, you know, inside of me as potential, it is saying, okay, how do I harness that? And how do I go and make a positive impact on the world? Well, the positive impact is I have no fear to walk into what we need to walk into and help this little girl. That's me. That's me personally. Get honest with yourself. Really get honest with yourself.
1: All right. Last question if what you believe dictates your reality what is the one thing that you absolutely to the core of your soul believe to be true
0: that we all have to stop being victims and that we have to become a hero and the thing that we need to realize is that all heroes had to be heroes to themselves before they could change the world look at spider-man look at batman look at superman look at iron man look at all of them you know and you asked me why the nickname Iron Man? Iron Man has a progression, he has a journey, right? He's this kind of a, he's a jerk, he's, you know, and if you look at my life, I, I started out with this kind of crazy beginning and then as soon as I found entrepreneurialism, I found that money can really control you and control other people. And so I made a crap ton of money and made people think I was awesome by my money, kind of an Iron Manish ish kind of thing. Um, I was a little bit of a playboy, I was a little bit of, you know, reckless kind of a, of a person. And then you look at Iron Man, he goes through this journey, he falls, he falls in love with the right girl. He, you know, gets humbled. He has all these things happen to him and he comes out the other end with, you know, being a servant to the community and being this, you know, a little bit more of a humble guy, but he still hasn't lost that edge. You know, he's still a little bit, he's still got a little ego. He's still got his his little bit of fire makes it so he can go and do crazy things that maybe other superheroes wouldn't do. So that is, that's the hero's journey. The part that people just kind of skip over is the fall. And all of us, all of us have to do that. And the thing that the stories always tell us is that nobody lifts up Superman except Superman. Lois Lane does as much as she can, but then the last thing has to be done by Superman. And look at your own life. You may have a mom or a wife or a husband or a best friend or somebody who's done so much for you, but you're still in this like rut. And it's because you have not become a hero to yourself. So all of us are victims if we don't realize that we have to become heroes to ourselves first and then go out and be heroes to the rest of the world. Thank you.
1: I um, know for a fact that you have inspired every single person listening as you have me. And for those of you out there that want more and want to do more, please visit ahumanproject.com as well as Wes's website, wesleydchapman.com. There's a bunch of videos on YouTube. If you Google his name, there's, uh, there's just an awful lot to be learned and understood here. And certainly, uh, as you said, it all starts with being honest with ourselves. If we're ever going to make a true change externally, it starts within. I can't thank you enough for your time. I am fired up to see uh, where your life progresses to. I know every single thing that you have out there will absolutely come to fruition, and I look forward to watching every bit of it and supporting you along the way. Thank you for your time.
0: I love it. Thank you. It's been a fun journey to talk to you. So, and also can't wait to see you at uh, the event too. So
1: yes, yes. Uh, Las Vegas thrive. I, uh, I look forward to that as well. And uh, I will see you uh, shortly. Thanks.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you next time.